This is Design Matters with Debbie Millman. On this episode, part two of our 15th anniversary celebration. At a live event in WMIC's Green Space in New York City, Debbie was scheduled to interview two guests. The first, Amber Tamblin, was featured in last week's podcast, but the second guest had to cancel because of a health problem. So, writer Roxanne Gay suggested turning the tables and she would interview Debbie. Debbie and Roxanne know each other very well. They are engaged to be married later this year. Here they are at the Green Space at WMYC on February 10th, 2020. Okay, here we go. So good. I always wanted to interview you. So, why are the Fast and Furious movies the best movies ever made? It's a trick question. I've never seen any of them. And Roxanne almost considered that a deal breaker when we first started dating. Yeah. Because they're her favorite movies or among her favorite movies. And I was trying to sit across from her and not have like a jaw drop. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah. So. Hmm. Uh, you're not perfect, but close. Is <laughs> that what you said last night? <laughs> oh my God. You set me up for that. I sure did. (laughs) Well, okay. Deborah. (laughs) You've been doing Design Matters for 15 years, which in podcast years is about 100. Why did you decide to do a podcast, and how have you sustained the interest in doing one for so many years? Well, I I didn't really decide to do one. I was asked, I was offered an opportunity um, by Voice America Business Network, which was a fledgling internet radio network at the time. And I was offered the opportunity to pay them uh, for airtime (laughs) on their network. And at the time, I was doing very well professionally in a commercial realm, And, and I had surpassed any possible hope or dream that I'd had professionally in my branding career, but because it was all commercial, I actually felt that I was dying and that I had lost all of my creative heart. And I, you know, I wasn't writing anymore, I wasn't drawing anymore, I wasn't doing anything creative. And I understood why? I mean, my professional success was the first time I'd ever been successful at anything in my life. So, of course, at the time, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do anything but this because it feels so good to be successful at something, finally, in my mm-hmm. 40s. But then that wore off. You know, I met- that metabolized, and I needed to do something creative. And this felt like a sneaky way to be creative but still be able to justify it from a business perspective, because I could interview clients or I can interview people in the design business. And so that's really how it started. It was really a Hail Mary to my creativity. And because I have such generous friends, they 
were willing to come on the show. I mean, they had no reason to come on the show. I mean, Steve Heller is, Steve Heller is sitting in the front row. Steve is my mentor, my fairy godfather. He's been on the show 13 times. <laughs> I, every time he says, okay, he'll still be doing it, because now I want to do it with him every year so we can create this oral history of design together. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that he says yes, but why, why it grew, I think, is just because of the guests that I have and the generosity in their hearts. For me, I'll never, ever get tired of talking to people about who they are and how, they be how they've become who they are and how they make their lives and how they create and make things out of nothing. One of the things I've noticed about Design Matters is that there's a narrative arc to each episode. You really tell a story or you ask the kinds of questions that will get your guests to tell a story. So what does a good narrative arc look like for you in a given episode? It's like a game of pool. Billiards. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> So I think a great conversation or a great interview really is a game of pool because when you're playing a game of pool, you're not only shooting one of the billiard board balls into the hole, you also want to leave the rest of the balls on the table so you can continue to shoot more holes and so forth. Um, get that dirty look off your face. <laughs> um, it's distracting. So. So what I try to do is ask a question that will allow me to be able to continue the conversation no matter where they take their answer. Mm. And so for me, it's about being prepared to go wherever they go and know enough about where they may go to be able to anticipate what any number of answers they, they could give. Mostly I try to listen really hard. That's why I stare at people when I interview. Oh, okay. And, and I try not to talk, which is why I nod all the time. So, you know, like a little bobblehead sitting here. So. Mm -hmm. But it's mostly because a lot of people, when they're having conversations, talk, 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 and then stop talking while the other person's talking, only to then wait till they finish talking to start talking again. And my second ever guest, Cheryl Swanson, said to me after the interview, when I asked her how it went and was really expecting, great. Um, she said, well, maybe you should listen to my answers before you ask the next question. And that really, and thank God that was episode two as opposed to episode 302. Mm -hmm. um, but that really gave me that sense of you really have to pay attention to everything somebody is saying. I also don't like to do my interviews remotely because I like to be able to read a person and know if they're feeling uncomfortable or when I might be able to push or say, really? Mm -hmm. Because I know that maybe they're not giving me everything. Um, and also just listening quietly enough to let people say what they have to say. How far are you willing to push someone to get a good answer or to get a, at least an authentic answer? Well, maybe push isn't the right word. Nudge? Urge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nudge. <laughs> Encourage, inspire. Mm. I mean, part of the reason that I like to start the show with a question that surprises people is so that they understand that I respect them enough to do the deep research. And that if I give them that sense of taking this interview really seriously, that they'll in turn take it as seriously as I do. Because all I'm really interested in is talking about them mm -hmm. and not 
um, judging at all. And I just want to be able to offer their story to the world in a way that celebrates who they are, but also allows other people to be inspired by their struggles or how they overcame something to become who they are. Because really, there's only two interviews I've ever done in the nearly 500 I've done now, where the people that I interviewed were like, I'm just cool with who I am. I don't give any fucks anymore about anything. And those men were in their 80s. So I think maybe I like by how they were men. <laughs> But, but they were in their 80s, mm -hmm. and so I think at that point, they, were, they had earned that. Mm -hmm. There's not anyone I've ever interviewed that I've ever gotten the sense that they were absolutely comfortable being who they are and, and owning the world in the way that they, they should or could. They're, they're opening their hearts and showing who they are in a way that I think gives people a sense that anything is possible for anyone. You mentioned your deep research, and one of the things I don't think people understand about Design Matters is that Debbie does hours and hours of research for every single episode. Hours. And when you talk to her while she's researching, it's not a good idea. <laughs> but it's really impressive. Like, when she interviewed me, I, I was really surprised by the level of depth that she was able to achieve and sort of get into deep cuts. And so, how, what does your research process look like for an episode? Well, it depends on who I'm interviewing. If it's, um, like I just interviewed Lucy Wainwright Roach, the musician, I interviewed Aaron McKeown, um, Kaki King, Amanda Palmer. If I'm interviewing a musician, I have to try to listen to their entire body of work, which is wonderful, but also very time consuming. Fortunately, I could listen while I'm doing other things and sort of get a sense of, of their music. If it's a writer, I have to try to read as much as I can. In preparation for my interview with you, I was so terrified that I'd be caught out not having the answer to something or knowing something, I had to read everything twice. Um, and so I did, but that was joyful. Um, somebody like Alan de Botton, who has 20 books, mm -hmm. that was really hard to do. So what I decided to do was read the other books that were sort of in the category of the book, because that was a novel and he doesn't write a lot of novels. And I had also read somewhere that it was a sequel to a book that he had written 20 years ago, which was one of his first novels. Mm -hmm. And there was only one line in the, in the second book that made it clear that it was a sequel, but I found the line. So that made me really happy. Of course. <laughs> um, so, but generally speaking, I try to read as much as I can of, of whatever body of work or listen whatever body of work they have. Um, and generally speaking, I feel comfortable if I have about 50 pages of research. And that's generally um, things that I've found online or transcripts of audio. Um, I'm also very good with Kindle. And so in as much as I also get hard, covers of, hard copies of everything because I want the, people to sign them, um, I also get everything on Kindle so then I can highlight and then transcribe really easily. Mm -hmm. So generally speaking, about 50 pages, then I cull that down to about 10 to 12 pages of questions. And then for an hour long episode, I have to cull it down again to about five to seven. The really hard part of doing an interview is knowing when not to ask a question. It happened tonight. Oh, it's, it's such a good juicy question for Amber. but. Mm. She brought in something that allowed me to take it somewhere else with other questions that made me eliminate that. And I was like, oh. But you know, you want to flow with the conversation. So that's part of the research, is mm -hmm. having enough to be able to pivot any way somebody goes. So if she's going to talk about 
dark sparklers, and that means we have to eliminate an entire conversation about bang ditto. That means we have to eliminate it. But then I can continue on. Um, and so I think Curtis gets really nervous, my producer, when I come in with 10 pages, and I'll say, Curtis, I couldn't call it down to anything less than 10 pages. And he's like, <laughs> OK. <laughs> um, and then I try to, as I'm interviewing, make the decisions about where to go next. Mm -hmm. So that's how it works. It's incredible. And it shows. <laughs> Have you gleaned any insights about creative people in general over 500 episodes? Hmm. <laughs> no. None? All right. <laughs> next question. No problem. Um, yes. I mean, I think that everybody is insecure. Everybody is searching. Everybody's hoping. Everybody's had trauma. I think that no matter who I've interviewed, whether they're super duper famous or just starting out, the people that seem to resonate the most are people that put their whole hearts into everything mm -hmm. and show everything. And, and that never gets boring. <laughs> Ever, which is why I can, and I hope that I can do this for the rest of my life. Do you put your whole heart into everything? Sometimes tragically, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> what does the next 15 years of Design Matters look like? Um, oh, I have so many good plans. I can't talk about a bunch of them yet, but there's some really exciting things that have popped up just unexpectedly, very serendipitously. Um, one of the things that's interesting about the show, especially if you listen to the early horrendous episodes of the first four years, four years of horrendous episodes, I mean, that's resilience, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I keep them up on iTunes just so I can say to people, it takes a while to get good at something, trust me. Um, it took me 100 episodes to really begin to understand. Um, but I have some exciting, exciting possibilities, but mostly just because of, I think, some credibility that I've earned in being able to do this, being able to talk to more and more and more people. And so I just want to be able to talk to the, you know, I talk about the show now as one in, in an effort, the sort of brand consultant is still alive in there. And I think Design Matters is not really a great name because it's not really about just designers anymore. Mm -hmm. It's about this is how I've, I've re-engineered it, you know, it's about how the world's most creative people design the arc of their lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, design matters, that works, right? <laughs> Eye roll. Um, but I, I, I just see being able to do that with, with more and more and more people, and, and more kinds of people. I love talking to scientists, and then I get all of my, my questions about how we got here sort of unanswered, but at least asked. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love to talk to artists, and I like to, I mean, I just love to talk to anybody that is able to create something or make something or think something out of nothing. If you could rename the show, what would you call it? What Matters. Oh. <laughs> wow. But I think that's a little egotistical. <laughs> no. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> Deborah Millman, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. That was Roxanne Gay interviewing Debbie Millman. As part of the evening, singer-songwriter Erin McKeown not only played the theme music live at the top of the show, she also performed a song of hers called Details of the Crime. Here she is, introducing it. Um, 
I thought it'd be really great. Congratulations on 15 years. It's really extraordinary, right? And it's, it's amazing. Thank you. A lot of people are in this room that I've done interviews with. So thank you all for being here. And Aaron, of course, was on one of my episodes as well. So yeah, thank you, Aaron, such for a beautiful, back. such a beautiful experience with you. And um, and I'm a regular listener to Design Matters. And I thought, you know, what is the feeling I get when I listen to this podcast? And, um, and the feeling I get is like, try something new, right? I listen to all these artists talk about what they're doing and how they're pushing themselves. And so I think, okay, what could I do new? So um, this is a song that I just uh, finished this morning, perhaps. Um, I played half of it in Florida like 20 weeks ago, but that's, you know, Florida. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna try something new. I'm working on this project where I'm trying to understand how, how my heart works. And um, and I'm sort of writing my way in into it. So this is um, one one angle of it. I never look for love, but still it comes to kill. Breaking my locks, doing its dirt at will so when you came for me it was the big surprise over my shoulder out of the corner of my eyes now we dance a slow pantomime a duet a vignette, details of the crime You were a fragrant wind Blow through my dusty vault Seasons of sex Leaving a smell of salt Summer fades Into the winter time Still a sweat of regret, details of the crime. Ripped from the pages of some cheap detective novels, a mini-series, mystery of the week, a trail of evidence so evidently obvious. How dare we speak? I know myself, I know my modus operandi I solve the case before the caper becomes clear Who is the victim of my many misdemeanors? I volunteer Beyond logic No internal rhyme What we will forget of the threat, details of the crime. Ah, 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 details of the crime. I never look for love. I invite it still Open my locks Do with me what you will
This episode of Design Matters was recorded at WNYC's Green Space in New York City. If you love the podcast, please consider contributing to our Patreon community. Members get early access to the podcast, transcripts of every interview, invitations to live shows, Q&A sessions with guests, and a brand new annual magazine. You can learn more about this at www.patreon.com slash Debbie Millman. If you subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts, please write a review or say something about the podcast on social media. Design Matters is produced by Curtis Fox Productions. The show is usually recorded at the School of Visual Arts Masters in Branding program in New York City, the first and longest running branding program in the world. The editor and chief of Design Matters Media is Zachary Pettit, and the art director is Emily Weiland. Happy.